I know now I don't need the Keyblade. I've got a better weapon. My heart! <laughs> Your heart? What good will that weak little thing do for you? Welcome everybody to Kingdom Hearts by Heart, episode 14, Hollow Bastion, part 1, a tumultuous reunion, slash, the power of friendship, slash, how Beast got his group back. Welcome to a very exciting episode, I'm Kevin, I'm joined by Marshall. I'm Marshall sometimes. <laughs> he also caught me as I was, he started that as I was drinking my coffee, I'm like, no, I have to say words! <laughs> Did you almost have a spit take? Um, no, but it would have been great if I did. Great is not the word that comes to mind. Yeah, I'll, I'll never pass up a, a good spit take. So. I see, I don't want to clean up a good spit take, though. Yeah, we also have a cat that's running around, so who knows what sort of miscalculations that could cause. So I say running around as, as, I, as I stare at him, like dead oh sh uh, i know I, I said something he moved he moved yep they're always out to prove you wrong those pets sounds about right all right well next time warn me before you're about to gulp before <laughs> <laughs> i'm about to inhale it all righty so we got a what i assume will be a bit of a chunky episode so we're just gonna kind of roll right into it uh we got a Quick game corner to touch on what we've been playing this week. Then we'll pop in some some Disney corner. But yeah, we will we will make the main focus the world discussion because lots and lots and lots to talk about. So let's She's kick things off with what have we been playing this week? So have you have you been playing anything new since we last spoke? Since we last spoke, technically yes, but I feel like it's the same few games I've been playing. So. I'm still playing Monster Hunter Rise, fun fact. And I actually... <laughs> we figure we're a Kingdom Hearts podcast. We play a lot of Kingdom Hearts. I've been putting in a lot of time. I didn't go to bed until like past midnight last night. Because I was trying to get ahead of where we are. Because we are... I mean, we're not in the end game. But we're, we're in the Infinity War. We're, about, we're, we're very <laughs> close to the end game. Yeah, totally. So I want to make sure I explore enough and... Because we'll have post-game shenanigans to talk about, trying to get get me a little a little head start. So I've actually been yeah, good playing mostly Kingdom Hearts uh, this week. But yesterday, I my friend who I recently played Borderlands Two with, we decided to start playing through Halo Master Chief Collection. Yep. And in a surprising spur of the moment, just basically marathoned all of Halo One again. Oh wow! How how long was that game about? LC is like no more than 10 hours, nice. I would think. Yeah, I've never... I've probably played a collective of like five hours of Halo in my life, so... And like all from different games, so I couldn't really tell you what <laughs> any of them are about, but I... Doesn't the first one end in like a big explosion car chase type of deal? They, I was about to say they all do, but no, that's a... <laughs> uh, that, that's more than one, I can say that much, but one does end in uh, a, a good vehicle sequence. Okay, nice. Yeah, so I'm playing with a buddy, and I'm, I'm the driver, because he just wants to shoot a gun. So, and he hasn't played Halo in years, 
So even as as we were playing through, because I played through it probably at least four or five times, I was like, oh yeah, this is over here, we're gonna go to this pathway, yada yada yada. He has like no recollection, so I've been driving the entire game, and he, I as we get to the last bit where we have to jump into a jeep, I'm like, do you trust me? He's like, maybe, <laughs> and I'm like, okay. Cue the uh, the Dukes of Hazard music. <laughs> I mean, exactly. <laughs> or um, what is it? I don't. I have to keep asking. <sighs> what is the? If I if I it's the. I always say wagon wheel. That's not the correct track. Hmm. But it's like uh, in most like sitcoms or shows when it's it's like a sped up wacky chase sequence. They oh, play... the, the Benny Hall. Ben, there you go, yeah. there you go, that thing. That was, uh, that was definitely going through my head. Nice, nice, nice. Alrighty, well, I think I will, I will pitch in with my two cents. So, this week, I have been playing uh, Don't Starve um, on PS4, but it's more common on PC, I would assume. But, um, yep, it's... Um, it's basically a survival simulator, but, like, with a really fun, cartoony art style. But, like, kind of dark yep. and gothic. Like, if you, like, Google it, anyone who's listening, you'll probably recognize the characters. Yeah, so I I actually played this game for the first time five years ago during mm. the summer, my first summer of grad school, which was a very different time in my life where I had lots and lots of free time to... <laughs> play games for eight hours a day and get super sucked in so on paper this game is everything i don't like <laughs> so like it's a survival sim so you have to like keep track of all your meters like your hunger your sanity your health um it's there's like no goal you basically just make up your own sort of win state i guess you could say like ostensibly the game is about building a base and, like, being self-sufficient yeah. so you can keep living and you want to, like, try to make it as many days as you can, which I, I prefer much more structure in my games. And it's also, like, it doesn't hold your hand at all. <laughs> like, I remember when I bought it, I think I, like, got it on sale because I like the art style. And then, like, when I started, I, I, mm -hmm. I didn't even know, like, what type of game it was. <laughs> I just, like, knew people liked it. <laughs> So I started, and it's just, it, you get thrown in the woods, and your character's just like, what the heck am I doing here? And then, just, that's it, pretty much. And I was like, oh. And then, Have like, fun. night fell, and then I was, like, instantly killed by the darkness. So I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but, like, it was, like, it, like, kind of sucked me in, because I was like, oh, what is this? Like, whoa, this is crazy. So, yeah, it's basically made for YouTubers, <laughs> both in terms of, like, you know, streaming and, like, oh, look at my crazy setup, but also, like, tons and tons of tutorials, so I've been gobbling those down like crazy over the past week of, like, watching, you know, how-tos, beginner's guides, character guides, etc., etc. Yeah, it's, like I said, I, I like the art style, which is kind of what drew me into it. And yeah, I got really into that first time, but then just kind of fell off by like, you know, just playing other games. But like, I think two years later, I tried going back to the well on Switch. I saw Don't Starve and I was like, oh, I really liked this game two years ago. I bet it'll be even better portable. But um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had a full-time job at that point and then it just didn't click. Cause, yeah, like it's definitely demands your time because... <laughs> It's it's permadeath, so if you die, you die, and you have to restart from like day one. So like you lose your progress very oh. easily, <laughs> which can be very frustrating. So 
yeah, I've definitely been dealing with that over this past week. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's why I quit this game. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but, like, the art style and, like, the lore are both so interesting. So it's, like, a very cartoony art style. Yeah. And has really fun character designs. So, like, it's probably, like, eh, maybe 15 or 20 playable characters. And they all have, like, different pros and cons. Uh, I liken it very much to something like Overwatch, where, like, that game lives and dies by, like, the character design and the heroes and exactly yeah yeah it's been a trip but yeah i've <laughs> i've died a few times now of like just like it's just relentless so like last night i was playing and like there's like different seasons right so uh i was playing during the spring mm-hmm. and it just starts raining <laughs> for like 10 days and when it rains uh you there's like a wet meter <laughs> um like everything <laughs> has a meter <laughs> And when you get too wet, you get soggy, and, like, then you get cold, and when you get cold, you start to lose your health, and, like, yeah, it's oh, just brutal. No. <laughs> uh, okay, can, can every video game have a wet meter, please? <laughs> I, need, mm-hmm. I need this. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it can just turn on a dime in terms of, like, you think you're doing good, but then, mm, no. It's very bittersweet. <laughs> but I I like it. It's definitely, like, motivating to, like... You know, figure out what you're doing wrong that run so you can make it a little further this time. Like, <laughs> uh, what is it? There's a quote from Family Guy. They're like playing the game of life, and Cleveland's like, You never really win. You just do a little better <laughs> each time. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's not wrong. I'm like, That's not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's good. Yeah, it definitely appeals to like people who like Sims games, both the Sims and like simulators as a genre. Minecraft, I'm sure there's a lot of overlap because it's very much like build your base. Yeah, that that was the first comparison. Yeah, totally. Um, Like, I imagine if you, like, get a reliable group. I want to say you can play up to six characters, like, in one server, but, like, I feel like you could even oh. do more. Yeah. Um, So, like, I feel like if you get, like, a group going, like, it could be, like, tons of fun to, like, you know, do a campaign, quote-unquote. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm, I'm liking it. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll see how long it lasts this time before I realize. All right, I'm tired of banging my head against this wall. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, uh, onto onto the big one. I'm still making my way through good old FF9. Uh, nice, nice. So I'm like toward the end of disc three, and I'm at that I'm at that beautiful point in an RPG where. It's grind time, baby. <laughs> and yeah, I'm mostly just doing a bunch of side stuff right now. So let's mm-hmm. see. Where am I at? So uh, I've got the airship, which is, you know, always a big deal in a Final Fantasy. Um, mm-hmm. I got my golden chocobo. So suck it. How do you get the golden chocobo in 9? So I actually really like the chocobo in the game in 9. <laughs> it's uh, chocobo hot and cold where... You go to all, there's like three different locations and you discover them as you level up your Chocobo's abilities. But, um, it's, yeah, it's hot and gold. So like you go around and you, uh, you pick at the ground and your, your Choco will, will signal whether there's something, something nice and tasty by, uh, appropriately going que. <laughs> and then, you know, the closer you get, like, it'll like add some more like exclamation points and stuff. And then it'll start screaming. So like when you finally find it, it's like que, que. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you, uh, you just dig up stuff and then it like le- levels up your beak. And then 
part of the treasures you'll get up you'll dig up are the chocograph chocograph pieces which lead to treasures on the overworld um and then you go find them and then certain treasures will just unlock your chocobo's next ability so it goes basic uh reef mountain ocean and then finally sky Mm-hmm. I got the golden chocobo. So that side quest is done for all intents and purposes. I uh, <laughs> I finished. I've checked off everything on my printable uh, missing treasures FAQ. So that's that's pretty huge because now I don't good, have to worry good. about that. <laughs> well, I say I checked everything off. There's a few stuff from like disc one where I only got like two of when you needed like six. So we'll, we'll see how that plays out. <laughs> Um, uh-huh. but yeah, that's, that's a nice little weight off my shoulders. I, um, I found the, uh, the sweet, sweet gill exploits, which I, I feel like is in every Final Fantasy, but in this game, it's, you buy a bunch of wrists, you buy a bunch of steepled hats, you synthesize them into cotton robes. The cost of synthesize is 1,000. You sell a cotton robe for 2,000. Uh, step three, question mark, step four, profit. <laughs> yep. That sounds about right. Yep. So, Gil's no longer an issue for me. And let's see, now I am grinding AP, which is how you acquire your abilities. I found a good, really good spot to grind for that. But <laughs> when you grind for AP, you also grind for XP. So now the party I've been grinding are all around, like, level 50. <laughs> and my, my B squad's all around level 30. Jeez. <laughs> so we'll, we'll see how the rest of the, like, actual campaign plays out with... Me being overleveled and all. <laughs> Where's the beef? Yeah, it's it's a good time. So I'm getting close to, you know, finishing up the actual campaign, but there's still a lot of side stuff. Like, there's the final boss, like the optional boss, the mega boss, if you will. Um, yeah. And there's a lot of stuff leading up to that. But yeah, it's funny. Like, you know, I'm getting all these abilities, but like, you know, a good chunk of them are like, you know, new attacks for everyone. Um, and like, you know, different sort of status effects. And it's like funny that I'm putting in all this work to like get all these abilities that I know I'm never going to use. Cause pretty much I think <laughs> most characters will have their like mega attack, which is like, why would you ever use anything but that? And I had that for most of them mm. by now. <laughs> so yeah, it's just the completionist in me of like, well, I, I need to fill out their page. <laughs> But yeah, I think that about wraps it up for Game Corner. So why don't we uh, uh, slitty slide into Disney Corner. I know last week I said we won't have one this week because Hall Bastion is not based on anything. But I just wanted to touch on a few quick little Disney movies that I watched. Yeah, so this week I had a bit of a, a Disney doggy double feature. So I watched... Uh, Lady and the Tramp, and then 101 Dalmatians, and they were surprisingly good. <laughs> Little gas. Yeah, so Lady and the Tramp, I was kind of like, ugh, this is probably going to be really boring, but like, it actually has a plot? <laughs> <gasps> it's like super basic and straightforward, but it is a, a plot nonetheless. But I say a plot, a plot there is, though. Basically about Lady and the Tramp meeting... But yeah, it was good. It helps that every character is a dog, pretty much. So a lot of cute designs. Uh, there's also, of course, the Siamese cats, which eh, so we, we don't need to talk about them. <laughs> 
But yeah, it's it checks off a lot of boxes that we've been talking about in terms of like the characters are all pretty likable. There's a plot. I was gonna say there's a few good songs, but it's really just the you know the classic Lady and the Tramp spaghetti song. I don't yeah. know what it's called, but you know what I mean. <laughs> That's how classic it is. You can't remember the name. Of it. <laughs> and then the uh, the He's a Tramp song sung by the uh, I don't even know how to describe her. The bushy-tailed stray dog who's like kind of like a cabaret singer. Yeah, <laughs> so that's fun. The the human characters suck. So like the lady's parents, they're like just they suck. Like they shouldn't have a dog. Like they totally neglect her as soon as baby comes along, and then like I don't know the time jump, but like in three months they're like leaving both lady and the baby alone with their aunts to like go. Who knows where? So they bring in the ants to babysit, and she sucks. She just, like, straight up abuses Lady. And it's like, okay, cool. But that's that's the 50s, Folia. <laughs> um, <Eesh>. And then <laughs> the, like, climax revolves around, a, like, a rat <laughs> that breaks into the house, and Lady's chained up because plot um and then the tramp has come in to rescue it but like it's all centered around the rat like attacking the baby and tramp saving the baby and i have to wonder was like was 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 this a prominent issue in the 50s of like rats pilfering in to baby's cribs at night <laughs> hide your kids hide your wife they snatch yeah. people up <laughs> I was like, what is going on here? Like, how often do rats, like, attack human babies? <laughs> so, that was a wild ride. But, yeah. Jeez. And it was a very happy ending where Tramp gets adopted, and then him and Lady have puppies, and aw, it's so cute. But yeah, I'm um, pretty sure there's a sequel. Yes, there is. And it's funny. So, moving on into 101 Dalmatians. Yeah, I remember 101 Dalmatians being good... Particularly just because the style's really interesting. Yeah. And yeah, the style's good, but also just the story's fun and the characters are fun. So it's just a better dog movie than Lady and the Tramp. <laughs> like, there's a lot more dog. <laughs> yeah, I really like the style. Like, all the backgrounds are, like, really cool to look at. It's, like, this cool, like, 60s pop style. So there's, just, like, a lot of details in the background. And it's, like, kind of watercolory, kind of not. I don't know how to explain it. I'm not an art guy. But it's it's just nice to look at. Like, it's definitely stands out from, like, your traditional, like, Disney settings. Mm-hmm. Plot's good. Like, it all makes sense. And it's, it actually builds up as it goes along. So the plot basically ends up being <laughs> uh, the world's tensest escort mission in the second half. <laughs> it's oh, like Pikmin, mm-hmm. but as an escort mission where they have... <laughs> They had to shuttle the 99 puppies from, like, where they were being held back to uh, London. <laughs> so it's, it's like, tense. Like, it's, like, super high stakes because, like, they've got the bandits after them and then Cruella de Vil enters the chase. And, like, they have to, like, go from location to location, like, hide. It's, like, compelling. <laughs> they, like, oh, always keep getting nabbed. But, like, they just barely manage to escape. And, like, yeah. it's snowing. So, yeah, the stakes are really high. So you get invested in the plights of the puppies. Um, but yeah, it's also got good humor. But yeah, this it's a good watch. Probably my favorite so far, to be honest. And then mm, Those are mildly high stakes. Very mild, but still high stakes. Yeah, I would say like second was probably Alice in Wonderland, which 
gives it a very lukewarm thumbs up for me. But no, 101 Dalmatians, I definitely, definitely recommend. And yeah, Cruella DeVille kind of steals the show. She's like the first oomph Disney villain of like, oh yeah, she's great. Yeah, I can see that. She's the first memorable Disney villain, especially well, if, we're, if we're starting from our 40s and working our way up. Yeah, the first one yeah. that kind of just felt like a character, I would say... Maleficent might be one, but I have to double check when Sleeping Beauty came out. I don't know. I'm not um, looking at that right now. I, yeah, yeah, it's a good point. I think Sleeping Beauty came out before it, but definitely around the same same time frame. Mm-hmm. One Hundred One Dalmatians also has a sequel. <laughs> well, it has multiple sequels of like live action animated, but um, yeah, the animated Lady and the Tramp and One Hundred One Dalmatians sequel are basically the same sequel. <laughs> Lady and the Tramp is Scamp's Adventure which is, you know, one of the puppies. And then Dalmatians is Patch's London Adventure. <laughs> so basically the same plot as far as I'm concerned. Patch's London Adventure. Jeez. I, I type in Patch into Google knows. Google just knows. Mm-hmm. The first result. Is, it, not even like, I didn't even type Dalmatians. I typed in Patch. It knows that I'm talking about Patch. Uh, trivia question. Trying to think of how to phrase this. Uh, name name five puppies from 101 Dalmatians. <laughs> uh, Earth, Wind, and Fire. <laughs> Let's see. I'm trying to think if I can do it. Um, so, obviously, there's Patch. There's Lucky. There's Rolly. Take a wild guess which one that is. No clue. Rolly. He's got rolls. Oh. I was thinking, like, more of, like, a dog that just doesn't stop physically rolling. No. Although that makes sense, too. But no, they they went the fat shaming route. <laughs> Aww. Lucky Patch, Rolly. <sighs> I couldn't even tell you. <laughs> I failed at my own trivia question. But um, on the note of 101 Dalmatians Media. So while I was searching it, I saw 101 Dalmatians the series. <laughs> Which was, like, one of those things where, like, it's just hiding in the back of your mind and you completely forget about it until you see it. And then it all comes rushing back. Like, you got hit by a train, basically. Like, oh, my God, this was totally a thing. Yes. (laughs) Just literally Google searching right here. I also, because I looked in a patch, it came up and it's like, you remember this, right? And I'm like, I kind of do? What the hell? Yeah. So, in particular, there's this, like, spotted chicken who, like, as soon as I saw them, it was, like... Like in Finding Nemo, when uh, Dory meets Nemo, and then she has the montage where it just all comes rushing back. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, the chicken. Yes, I remember now. <laughs> so, yeah, just out of morbid curiosity, I popped on a few episodes of that. Mm. Just because, you know, I wanted to see how it held up. It came out in, like, the, na- the late 90s. And, yeah. Well, first of all, the theme song is absolutely terrible. (laughs) So, very bad first impression. But, yeah, I watched a few episodes, and the writing writing actually had its moment. So, I was like, that was a well-constructed joke. (laughs) And it's it's weird. So, I have to imagine it was was inspired by um, the live-action 101 Dalmatians with Glenn Close, (laughs) where it's like... I think it came out, like, a few years after, but, like, it's set in America. Like, it's not London, and, like, no one has a London accent. Yeah. So, yeah, the premise is 
It takes place on the farm, which at the end of the movie, like the ad, I say, oh, we're going to go buy a farm out of the country. It'll be a Dalmatian plantation. Uh, So that's what the series is about, but just in America for some reason. And it stars, I can't, now I can't even remember if it's Patch or Lucky, but the main dog is one of them. And then there's, (laughs) there's Rolly. And then there's Cad Pig or Cad Pig. Big. It's a very strange name. I don't know what they were going for, but she's like a the little girl uh, puppy, um, and Weird. all their voice actors are super recognizable. Um, like I, I think Cad Pig and Le- Rolly are just Phil and Lil, basically. Like it's the same voice actor. <laughs> it's it's not half bad. I'll say that. <laughs> like Dang. the characters have like pretty decent personalities. Cad Big's kind of fun. She's like kind of like a hippie. But then she's kind of got like this weird like dark streak to her. Like it's, she's kind of like Dot from Animaniacs. Got you, got you. That I can picture that image. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird how Cruella Deville is incorporated into it. So she's kind of like, just like a mild bully, like not a villain. Like she kind of just hangs out with the cast, which is kind of weird. So like I guess they're just brushing off the whole kidnapping thing, or that didn't happen in this continuity. So. But in any case, she she gets a lot of screen time. Like most of the episode plots kind of center around her. But yeah, it's it's interesting. I'd recommend checking it out if you know, like you mentioned last week, like you usually like to multitask. So if you're doing a raid in Monster Hunter or what have you, you know, maybe pop it on. So like I, I've been watching it while I've been grinding in FF9. And I was like, okay, this is okay. this is decent background noise. Check it out for like a weird nostalgic blast from the past of like, oh my okay. gosh, yeah. This was the thing. <laughs> oh yeah, but yeah, that's that's that wraps it up for my Disney viewings. Unless, uh, have you checked out any Disney-related uh, TV shows or movies? Yeah, I guess the only thing I've watched Disney-related is I've been watching Falcon and the Winter Soldier and the Wanda Vision before that. Those are oh, yeah. Disney adjacent because they're on Disney Plus. Yeah, yeah. Wanda Vision was excellent, and then. I haven't gotten on a Falcon and Winter Soldier yet. I don't know if it's just like I'm not interested in those characters or if it's just too much too soon. Like I feel like they could have stood a few months between yes. them. Because so wasn't it like it was only like a week or two after WandaVision was a wrapped. single week. Like there was a gap <laughs> yeah. week after WandaVision had ended and then Falcon and the Winter Soldier started. Next week is the finale so nothing is complete. I would say this very whereas WandaVision I think benefited from it needed and it was built as a TV show. Like the slow burn each episode was actually good. Falcon and Winter Soldier is 100% just, we're going to make a movie. But instead of making a movie, we're just going to make six 45 to one hour long episodes. So I. Oh, uh, okay. I go back and I rewatch or re listen to our episodes frequently. And I went back to, I think it was, Ooh. I think Halloween Towns where we, you talked, we talked about remake and padding. Was a word you used to to valid degree? I should add. Yeah, and yeah, I yeah. I think that that it, it feels like this in some degree. With it, the villains are, I shouldn't even the villains. When the characters have more time, you want to make that time worthwhile. I was definitely off put by the start of it because it's supposed to be a journey about Bucky and Sam, like character wise. And I think that's the only thing I care about. I don't mm-hmm. care about this story in the slightest. To be honest, I care about the characters and i Damn i am mostly excited about where the characters are going to be at the end where are we gonna yeah. <laughs> be going forward 
basically. Okay, I'm glad I waited then. Yeah, it's definitely one you may want to binge or... I don't know. It's definitely not something, in my opinion, worth waiting. Waiting, yeah. It's not worth watching as it comes out. You can definitely just watch everything once it comes out. It's also easier, because it is just six one-hour episodes. Yeah, it's weird, because I've been piecing together like what i've seen from reaction articles of like oh this week episode this week's episode explained <laughs> and like mm-hmm. i feel like i just see the same thing every week of like just this one character that's like oh like who is this supposed to be blah, 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 blah. And i'm like okay yep i know what you're talking about yeah <laughs> yeah i'm not too enthralled we'll see if the ultimate episode ties things off nicely I'll probably check it out eventually, but I've been saying that about the Mandalorian for like a year, and I still haven't watched that. So. Aww, I will. I will say man. I will say Mando is worth it. If I had to recommend one thing on Disney Plus that I've watched, like yeah, I mean, I'll I'll be like all the other sheeple and say Mandalorian has been has been pretty fun. Yeah. Alrighty. So now that the preamble's out of the way. Let us get into it. So, right. Hollow Bastion. Uh, but first, actually, Traverstown. Gotta make a pit stop. Technically, yeah, we have to go to Sid. Everyone get your bathroom breaks in, because I will not be turning this gummy ship around. <laughs> so, yeah, not much happens here. Just a quick little cutscene. Although, it's funny how Sora's mood, like, instantly 180s, where, like, at the end of Neverland, he was all hopeful and optimistic, like, ah, I know I'll find Kyrie, and then he's immediately like, oh, I'm never gonna find Kyrie. Oh, <laughs> I don't think I even noticed that. Yeah, he's like, what are you guys so cheerful for? We still haven't found your king. <laughs> and they're like, ow. Oh, yeah, we, I, okay, you say that and the voice line pops into my head 100%. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but then, then he gets his little spirit vision. Of Kyrie in the library, and Granny Buns retells the story of the darkness and the light, and how the worlds came to be, mm-hmm. and how little did she know the ramifications of her words twenty years later. And <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the fact that her story is basically the the, yep. the before the before times. <laughs> like I think, I think it's literally the plot of Union X, or you know, it's a pivotal plot. It's a pivotal plot in the games that we don't see on console whatsoever. Yeah, no, it, it's the whole plot. <laughs> like that—that—that's it. That's the game. So yeah, I would comment on all this, but like where we are at now, like yeah, we'll be vastly uninformed. Slash, I'm sure there's been so much more explained past it. So I'll just, I'll just kind of you know, scurry over this point. <laughs> but uh, it is interesting to note that at one point, the worlds were all one, which has always been crazy to me to think about. Like, Pangea! oh, like, just down the street from uh, Agrabah is, you know, Halloween Town. <laughs> uh-huh. And also that Kyrie, uh, like we see her as a kid in um, Hollow Bastion. So yeah, like that's where she came from. And that, yeah, some reason, Sora's having visions of her. But, yeah, that's that's mm. basically it for Traverse Town. Once you get your Navi, Navi G installed. And then, yeah, after that, you get sort of a, not a point of no return, but a little nudge nudge from Goofy. Like, <laughs> oh, yuck, maybe you should go uh, do some grinding, Sora. <laughs> maybe you should be prepared, small child. Yeah. Actually, I did make a quick pick stop to Neverland. One, to check the next clock treasure but two yeah. well i guess i made two pit stops in between uh, i did the hercules cup and then now that we have yellow trinity i went to neverland 
to get Aurora, because that'll come in super handy. Aurora, Aurora. (laughs) It's one of the few magics that's in a chest in this game. I think it's the only magic in a chest. Yes, and Aurora is valuable because Aurora is when it starts to... Yeah, uh, it starts offensive. Yeah, it starts to uh, hurt people on contact. Yes. The ultimate defense, the ultimate offense is the best defense. Yeah. Alrighty, so let's just head on straight into the world. I totally cheesed the gummy routes, because, like I said, I'm not spending any time in the gummy garage, and oh, I definitely died a few times, because as <laughs> if you hit, like, any structure, it's just instant death, pretty much. Because <laughs> cool. you got a little baby! Yeah, I don't care. I'd rather spend more time dying and retrying than fiddling around in the gummy ship. <laughs> <laughs> I I was rewatching a, a a Kingdom Hearts one video and yeah I someone said the same thing of like don't even bother with a gummy ship and I was like you're all fools uh, I just feel uber powerful right now because I have like haste and some other stuff so I just tend to blast a hole and then uh, warp to light speed and get through most of the mission really quick. Yeah, I, I have haste, but that's what got me in trouble. Because <laughs> you <laughs> I just say, crash haste into is, the Haste wall. is your best friend and your worst enemy. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, so we, get, we arrive at our destination, which, right off the bat, just seeing the world logo for Hollow Bastion, or, I, I never know how to explain it, but like the model of the world when you approach it at the end of the gummy route... <laughs> It's just so imposing and intimidating and like, what the heck is this? Like, what? Whoa. What are we in for here? <laughs> Especially because, you know, you're expecting like a Disney world and it's just like, oh, this like crazy gothic twisted castle. Like, uh, mommy? Yeah. Mom, can you come pick me up? I'm scared. <laughs> Literally, both ends of the map are just have yep. original worlds. So... Big old Disney sandwich. Yeah. And yeah, and now that you say that, Hollow Bastion, the icon, is... No, I would say, like, a lot of the other worlds, it's kind of like, here's your general overview. You'll, you'll know, oh, like, oh, here. I, like, I always think of Agrabah, where it's the city, uh, yep. little the earthy sandwich in between, the, yep. the cream of the Agrabah Oreo cookie, and then, like, the Cave of Wonders head on the bottom. Yeah. But that I feel like that's probably the most complicated one of all the Disney ones. The others are pretty straightforward. But Hall Bastion is just the cat, like, it's everything. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty much what you see is what you get. So it's, yeah, it's like super detailed. It's very imposing. Like you can see like all the different layers and you're like, oh, okay. No more I want you to know and feel and recognize. Yeah. So we, uh, we park this puppy and we, we disembark. Yeah. I just really like the way this world's introduced because it's just very like unceremonious. It's just a text cutscene, And then pretty much immediately it just gives the logo kind of like in engine like it's not like in a cutscene it's just like after you finish talking the mm-hmm. logo just appears and it's just like okay well we're here hello <laughs> bastion it's like kind of unsettling like especially because like you're in the rising falls so it's like that weird literally the calm before the storm of like it's quiet too quiet mm-hmm. <laughs> also i think it's funny that donald remarks ah you're just hungry just because it's like <laughs> one of those things where it's like well, yeah, if you think about it, any video game character would be hungry because you never see them eat. It's true. <laughs> like, when would Sora not be hungry? <laughs> Donald, I haven't eaten 46 hours. I need food. <laughs> Shut up, teenager! <laughs> you know what you're talking about! Maybe, like, Cure kind of, like, replenishes your tummy, too. I don't know. So, yeah, we are at the Rising Falls. And my question for you is, 
Uh, how many days old were you when you realized you could freeze the bubbles? Like, pretty early on? What? Oh, Kevin! How would you know that? Why would you think to cast ice on the bubbles? I mean, I mean, it's water. And also, I had a strategy guide. And also, oh, yeah, you and your precious strategy guide. <laughs> Uh, but also the bubble. It's like uh, I would say. So I, I realize that this time you don't need any of the bubbles to get to the the gate or get to the lift to get to the castle. The bubbles getting all the exactly. Freezing, I guess yeah. You need to freeze the bubbles to get to the, the extra little goodies. Not even in, in this first area. You don't need to freeze them at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can get everywhere by just high jump and glide. They're there. They're intimidating. Yeah, like I can, I can only think of one treasure where you need to freeze a bubble to get to, and that's in the um, the waterway. For all of us underprivileged kids who didn't have a strategy guide telling us everything, uh, yeah, this was not explained at all. So I didn't find it out until like a couple of years ago, and I was like, "What?" Well, also, I guess two of them are placed uh, kind of like almost like this could be a platform, but the the bubbles just take you underwater. So it's it's not like the it's not the most obvious thing. I'm not gonna ridicule you. You're not you're not a fool. But they they yeah. Like in general, Hollow Bastion's level design is like most of it is broken by having glide, which is weird that like they didn't think that through. That like that ability you just got in the last world would like trivialize most of the platforming in this world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, the bubbles are interesting because. It's like one of those things, and there's actually a lot, just in general, this world has a lot of, like, new mechanics, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Oh, 100%. We'll talk about them. Yeah. <laughs> but the bubbles are tricky, because it's like, okay, you see a chest under the water, you get into the bubble, it takes you underwater, but, like, not in the underworld, the underwater that you wanted to go to, and you're like, how do I get to that chest? <laughs> so exactly. Of that. I think only the, bu- <laughs> only the bubble before, like, the middle landing will take you actually yeah. downtown to, uh... <laughs> Behind the spikies. The other, like, the first, like, three of them only take you to the front area where you literally take, like, two steps and it's like, all right, back to the surface, kid. Yeah. It's like, all right, well, that was fun while it lasted. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But, uh, yeah, you don't get too far before you meet that punk Riku and he just shuts you down. Sorry, sir. I'm going to need that rental back now. It's overdue. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we meet Beast and then Riku's like, mmm. You're a stupid monster. I kill you now. So I was like, no, wait, he's my monster. <laughs> and then, yeah, we uh, find out that Riku was the real Keyblade Master all along. Oh, no. And then, the twist. Yeah, just heartbreaking scene of, like, you know, Donald and Goofy are like, well, we have our orders. And then Donald is just straight up stone cold. Like, he... <laughs> He Sora? doesn't even hesitate. He just Sorry. walks away immediately. Yeah. <laughs> like, Goofy, and I let's guess go. He's, yeah, he's the person, too, who's like, come on, Goofy, we have to follow the key. And Goofy's yeah. like, I guess King Mickey did tell us that. And Sora's, like, he, like literally on, the, like, like, on his crying, knees. But, like, literally on his hands and knees, like, staring at the ground. Donald's like, Sora? Sorry. <laughs> mm, Sorry. <laughs> Um, but it's okay, because we have a giant, ferocious monster at our side who is better than Donald Goofy combined, so suck it. <laughs> uh, Beast and Sora team up, which is uh, such a good party member, and like 
the only instance of a Disney character appearing in a non-Disney world, which is just really cool. Um, it's like the inverse of, I guess, like Orin and Olympus Coliseum, where it's a Final Fantasy character in a Disney world. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, just a cool touch and like very fitting, I would say, like just this really powerful character and the semi-final world. Beast, 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 beast. Yeah. Uh, as I, as we, because we spent a lot of time in Hollow Bastion. I was thinking back to you being like, I think Ariel's my favorite party member. Uh, Beast just does work, so I'm going to say Beast is my favorite party member. Especially for this this opening uh, mini arc that we have to go through. Oh, totally. But but yeah, Beast is the obvious choice. You know I like to go for the underdogs. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So yeah, Beast, well, he's a beast. Um, So yeah, you got your dinky little wooden sword, so you're not going to be doing much, kiddo. So you you just sit back and cheer on Beast beast he'll 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 do the work for you but you're not totally helpless you do have magic although it is definitely neutered magic uh, i remember uh, you can't view the wooden sword stats which mm-hmm. always pissed me off but i think it is literally zero strength yeah <laughs> gravity will definitely help out against the defenders um so that's still useful mm-hmm. and um interesting that if you know you whittle heartless down to like you know, one HP, like, you, you can't actually defeat Heartless with the Wooden Sword, which is... I take issue with that. <laughs> because, alright, can you defeat a Heartless with a non-Keyblade weapon or not? <laughs> like, how come Aladdin... Like, how come Tarzan can use a spear and Aladdin can use a sword and Ariel can just use her tail <laughs> her body. to take out Heartless? Yeah, These then... guns can defeat the Heartless! Yeah, but then Sora, like, he can't take them out with his little wooden sword, like, even when they have just one HP left. Like, what's going on here? (laughs) So, I was also curious if you could use summons with the wooden sword, but I didn't think to try it out until after I'd gotten the Keyblade back, but I did have my older save, so I went back to that after I finished the world, um, sped through up until the wooden sword again, and then I... Well, no, that's what I wanted to do, but I kept dying in the gummy route. I was like, okay, I don't have the patience for this. So I just assumed that, no, you can't use summons because you only have the one party member. I want to I wanna say, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I was just curious, like imagining like the wooden sword and all the summon animations, like that would be a trip. <laughs> but yeah, so you get funneled on down to the, the underbelly, the undercarriage, if you will, to uh, find a hidden switch to unlock the front door. And I would say this is probably my least favorite part of the world. Just the whole undercastle portion, like going through the waterways and stuff. Yeah, the dungeons is kind of just there. It doesn't, yeah. It does, it, this does not spark joy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. Like, it's just, well, first of all, it's another one of those situations, like the outside portion anyway, where the platform is just totally trivialized. Like, it wants you to, like, use this little block puzzle and then, like, activate the switches to, like, make the platforms come out. And you're like, um, no, I'm, I'm just I'm just going to glide, thanks. But, um, you know, yeah, that, that's I cute. <laughs> totally forgot. I forgot you could push it. I, I think I jumped yeah. back down to that area because I missed a chest, maybe, or yep. I just fell down or something. I was going the upper way, and then I'm like, this is the wrong way. Uh, but let me go let me go hit the switch first, and then mm-hmm. I'll come back here. So th- when I went back up the second time, I was like, what is this weird pillar just here? And I pushed it, and I'm like, oh my goodness, what? You can move this thing. You yep. don't need this whatsoever, unless you want to unequip high jump for some reason. Yeah, it's wild. <laughs> and then... 
yeah, it's just, it's a very tedious area. Like, it's very slow and lots of, like, alternating paths. But then, like, you'll have some Trinity marks, but then also some, like, beast walls. So you have to, like, switch back and forth between your party. And I just, I don't care for it. It's also very dark and cramped. And it's just not a fun area to be in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, case in point, uh, the Forbidden slider puzzle of the like weird gates <laughs> because this Where? is how irrigation systems work Whoa. yeah i don't know what's going on there but specifically there's that one switch so like you know what i'm talking about like the diamond switches to like move mm-hmm. the gates but there's that one in the back corner that as far as i'm aware is completely inaccessible it's just there to tease you <laughs> like there's I... you can't actually get to it <laughs> I have no clue. I want to say no. I want to say yeah, but I don't remember it specifically. It's like when you get past like the first couple gates and then you're in the part where it's like the stone floor, like in between the mm-hmm. two water. And then there's like the, if you like follow the wall, then you can get to the other switch. I'm doing a great job explaining this, <laughs> but um, it's like, it's like opposite from, it's like on the opposite wall of where the bubble is. So like there's the bubble okay. and then there's a gate that you just can't get through. And then... On the other side of the gate is the switch. You might be able to come back down a different way from the castle once we get in, maybe. I'll have to... I might just go back and mess around and see if you can actually get to there, but yeah. I, I think I've Googled it, and I think, yeah, it's... Other people said, like, yeah, no, there's there's no way to get to it. <laughs> <laughs> but who knows? Maybe it's maybe it's one of those decades-old mysteries to solve. <laughs> you, had to, uh, you had to beat Sephiroth um, oh on level one um, with... The kingdom key, but also um, using nothing but fire. <laughs> Jeez, <laughs> that's how you get the uh, the hidden diamond puzzle. What a what a life that, that would have been, Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thankfully this section's pretty short. If you know what you're doing, you'll find the switch, and you're met with a little friend, the defender, which is a cool way to like. It's like how he just kind of shows up, like this is my switch, <laughs> and you're like, mm, nah, Don't but touch. we. We do need to hit it, so I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to suck you down into 2D space. Gravity just works. So you hit the switch. You mosey back on up. Hold up one sec. In the in the in the little slidey puzzle. Oh, I I feel like this has always been true for me, but I need another opinion. I don't think I've ever asked anybody this question because it's a boring yeah. question. There <laughs> is one switch you have to activate. It's like you activate the first two, and then you have to kind of hang a right. But there's a yeah, little exactly. lip to get to the. There's a little lip to get to the switch. Is Beast always stuck there for you? Because I feel like 100% of the time, the cutscene's like, watch this great slide back. Beast is like, I'm trying to get to you, Sora. I'm trying. Um, I don't know about always, but yes, I distinctly know what you're talking about. I have that image of Beast just kind of moseying in place. Like, what? What? (laughs) Okay. Uh, Knee high gate. (laughs) Yes. Probably like a so. toe high gate for him, because he's so big. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <sighs> Kingdom Hearts AI doesn't doesn't do well with uh, colliding into boundaries. <laughs> aye, um, aye. So yeah, you make your way back up to the castle uh, for Riku rematch part one. And I just love imagining that brief space of time where it was Riku, Donald, and Goofy, and they're just trying to like strike up conversation like, Sarah. You like darkness, I take it. (laughs) 
Oh gosh, what's your favorite color? Oh my goodness. I just I just imagine it's like an awkward silence as they follow him around. That's that's kind of the vibe you get, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but like, yeah, like, like literally two peons following their tyrant. Yeah, like they just like immediately follow him and it's like not like he had a say in this. Like it wasn't like he like agreed to it or like he didn't even say like no. He's yeah, it isn't like, buzz okay. off either. <laughs> you know, Sora has his rousing speech, and it turns out the real Keyblade is the friends we made along the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I just, I love how, you know, it's the classic line, I don't need a weapon, my friends are my power. Mm-hmm. And then the Keyblade just immediately teleports to him, and it's like, well, I mean, this Keyblade is nice, though. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to say no. <laughs> exactly. Also, Goofy is a real one. I'm just going to throw it out there. Oh, yeah. Although it's funny because um, I'm sure most people will have Herc shield equipped. So like yep. he know. has just this dinky little shield that stops his powerful blast. And he just looks really silly because it's so small. A, her- a hitbox is a hitbox. Uh, yeah. I was thinking of actually because I have Herc shield equipped right now too. Or I did at this point uh, to equip one of the, the little dinky shields you get from the, the kids at mm-hmm. the store. Because I feel like those are even smaller. Those are literally the size yeah. of Goofy's <laughs> fist. Maybe a little, a tiny bit smaller. Like they're they're babies. Yeah, might as well just be a plate. <laughs> then Donald realizes the light too, and he goes, "You know, I I have to wonder how much of it was, you know, wanting to go back to Sora, but also just being uncomfortable around Riku. <laughs> like this guy's say a douchebag, Sora. <laughs> exactly. Like say hi to the king for me. I'm not gonna be stuck with this wor- another teenager." Yeah, right? Like, no, no, don't don't leave me alone with him. Oh, God. <laughs> but yeah, no, it, it's a very sweet cutscene. Uh, they learn the value of friendship. So yeah, we get our first Dark Riku fight. And yeah, so way back when I was doing my level one run, this was the roadblock for me where I had to stop because I just couldn't figure out how to beat him. Because yeah, this fight sucks because like you just can't get a hit in edgewise. <laughs> I feel I feel like you maybe it was you saying this to me at a previous moment in time, but I feel like somebody else may have also mentioned that this is a level one run roadblock. Yeah, because mm-hmm. because yeah. my first thought was, all right, let's talk about the boss. I don't remember too much because I just kick Riku's ass pretty quickly. But then I don't, that's like memory triggered for me. Yeah, like he's immune to most magic. Mm-hmm. So, like, for example, I tried uh, Dumbo and then just nothing. And then, yeah, like, <laughs> none of your offensive spells really work. So it's like, oh, okay. So really, Aurora is going to be the only useful magic in this fight. Start from Cure, mm-hmm. of course. But yeah, even with melee attacks, like, it's so hard to find a window to actually hit him. Because he'll just instantly, like, you know, do his spinny counterattack. Where you're like, oh, okay. So I guess you just have priority over everything, don't you? I mean, maybe. Uh, Riku is, is... Hold up, let's go to Final Mix version. He is immune to all types of magic. Like, literally, like, like a yep. multiplier of nothing. Yep. Uh, his stun is, like, cut in half. And then I, I, I never know what the other is, but his other is also half of normal. So take, take that with what you will. It's not great. Yeah, you just kind of blunt force your way through it so like my strategy and we'll talk about more in the second fight is when he does the um the flippy flippy i got you now hit <laughs> of like he does the sidestep and then the front flip 
Like, after that is usually when I get my hits in, but, like, I can never really get off a full combo before he counters. So, I guess you just gotta chip away at him. I don't really got any pro gamer strats for you. <laughs> uh, hit Riku until he falls down. Basically, yeah. Yeah, if, I mean, if you have problems, uh, use Tinkerbell. Totally. Uh, Tink, Tink is an ind... Indis- I'm about to say indisposable. That's not the correct term. Tinkerbell v. Good. Never forget yeah. that. But yeah, this first fight's really not too bad, because one, you have Dawn and Goofy for you, so they can take off some of the heat, and it's much op- much more open space, so you can avoid him pretty easily, and he- his mm-hmm. moveset's much more limited, so like you shouldn't struggle too much. It'll just be kind of like Whiplash, like, whoa, I- why can't I hit this guy? <laughs> I think the man literally has like four four moves, so... Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, eventually you beat him, uh, he loses his fancy dress, and then he scampers away, like a little weakling. <laughs> and his then... tail between his legs. Mm-hmm. And then, I think actually before this, uh, we get the cutscene, which is like just a really cool shot to me of like seeing all the princesses and their like little cells. Mm-hmm. It's uh, when you when you hit the switch... Yeah. You start to come back up. Yeah, you see and the... Then, yeah, exactly. And then Maleficent has her evil cackle of, yeah, I saw my plans are coming together. <laughs> I think this is the first time we see all of the princesses together, actually. So we, well, we know that Jasmine was taken. We know Alice was taken. If you did the, I don't know, I forget how you trigger the Wonderland cuts. Oh, if you don't go to Wonderland first, it's Snow White instead of uh, Alice. Is that what it is? Yep, but most people will probably see Alice. So yeah, it's, yeah. It, it'll be the first time seeing Alice, Aurora, and Cinderella, which is cool. That like, oh, there's like these completely new characters that you yeah. Know, and then I guess we, we know Belle is here, but we haven't seen Belle's character. Yeah, before. exactly. This is the first time we're really seeing her character model. But yeah, we knew Belle. Yeah. Belle would be here too. Yeah. So just just a cool shot. Moving on, we. I choose my vacation as the library. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah, this world really loves its, like, sliding barriers for some reason. Shlady, <laughs> shlady. So, I mean, you know, this this library is just the ultimate fever dream of, like, having hidden bookcases that lead to rooms. <laughs> yeah. it's It's a time... I don't have any super negative or super positive memories or like experiences yep. with the books. Um, my, my only grievance is that sometimes I'm an idiot. By idiot, I mean I forget the upstairs is a save point. I always forget there's a book on the table and you have to jump onto the table to get it. Because it that 100% happened this time. I was losing my mind. <laughs> yeah, I feel like there's always one book that I'm like, where is this book? Like, the Dewey Decimal System has failed me. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and yeah. I also love that, like, I feel like it's usually when, like, it comes down to, like, that last shelf where it's, like, on the bottom floor, and then when you open it, it's just this little nook where there's a desk, and it's surrounded by bookshelves, and then there's, like, the final book on the desk. Do you know what I'm talking yes. about? Mm-hmm. I always liken that to, like, the ultimate study corner in, like, a college library where, like, you try to find the one secluded quiet spot, You're but all the tables closed. are taken. <laughs> It literally closed off from the world. <laughs> Leave me alone! Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, the the puzzle's yeah, pretty straightforward. You might get tripped up at a few points, but it's not too much of a thinker. But um, aside mm-hmm. from that, we get the annoying RNG turntables. <laughs> My how the turntables have turned. 
Uh, which, when I was younger, I I swear it felt like these things were like infinity, <laughs> or like you could just never get the chest. <laughs> but I mean, I'm gonna keep spinning it until I get that chest. Like I'm not gonna just not pick it up. So just power through it, keep spinning. I I couldn't yeah. even tell you what the chests have. <laughs> uh, I mean, they're they're just free chests. It's just pre- it, uh, to to play on the plus X to win trope of KH. Just press triangle. Yep to get pretty much <laughs> um i i always thought i guess when i thought they were younger it was like a sequence like you would always mess up until the sixth one and then you mm. get the chest but i believe it is 100 percent rng mm-hmm. but i guess i guess it is your 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 what 33 against 66 yeah, really a third against two thirds <laughs> yeah so it's gonna be aggravating for a little while so yeah after you solve the book puzzle well the main point is to unlock the door to the upper stairs of the mm-hmm. um the cathedral, the the main hall. I don't know what it's called off the top of my head. I think it's either main. I was I was gonna say chapel, but maybe it's but maybe it's either chapel or main hall. Yeah. Yeah, chapel is uh, where you fight Maleficent. Um, yes. Okay. But if you if you find the the optional book, you will unlock a passage for the world's longest lift stop cutscene. <laughs> So. Is the one where it goes outside and has yeah. to go, uh, uh, there we go, okay. I was thinking, I was like, is this this chest, and yeah. I, or this lift stop, and it is, and it takes you to a single chest, and then you want to just burn your hands. Well, it takes you to two chests, because later on, you'll hit a switch, a uh, very yes. innocuous switch, that will then change the path, so then you have to go back down to the library, take the lift stop again, watch another super long animation, just to end up on the opposite side of where it took you the first time. <laughs> yeah. Uh. <laughs> I do remember that's Rama's belt, though, because I ended up using it. That was the second like... one, yeah. I forget what the first yeah. treasure is, though. But it's something good. Yeah, yeah, the one you have to come back for, what we were just talking about, is Rama's Belt. Because I feel like yeah, I never, yeah, yeah. either Netic got it, or I felt like it was a Final Mix exclusive thing, but I also could be 100% yeah. yeah, I remember distinctly because I knew that, oh, this is probably going to be a lightning resistance, because Rama is the lightning summon. <laughs> mm-hmm. Aren't you proud? Which is funny, <laughs> because we get, if it's horn is, I think the Cerberus drop, Rama's Belt is here. And I want to say there might be one. Shiba I think thing. I think Ifrit is um the trick master. Yes. And then well, I think Cerberus is holy circlet. Holy circlet. Yes, you are correct. Yeah. Yeah. A, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it is trick master. Yeah. So yeah, proceeding through, um, you have there aren't enough air quotes in the world for me to surround the word puzzles <laughs> in the next stage to. Build a little heartless emblem, and yeah, th- this part's annoying because yeah, there's a there's a mandatory trinity mark. So obviously, you want beast in your party, but mm-hmm. you see that trinity mark, and you're like, fine, I guess I'll go get Donald. But luckily, there's that same point <laughs> right in the other room. Yeah, you do your little puzzle, you get your heartless pieces, and yeah, this is another one where you have to use thunder on a switch to make the platforms lower, but you could just totally jump and glide. So again, redundant. <laughs> mm-hmm. But the fact that you can you can get upstairs easily now, I think, yeah, it's all right at least. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But, like, I feel like they should have had more, I don't want to say puzzles, but, like, more, like, treasures or, like, something to that requires using the movement abilities just because, you know, what else are you going to do with them? So, eh. Yeah. 
So let's, let's take around a take a look around this here room, and you'll notice the suits of armors. I feel like they look like Maleficent's goons from Sleeping Beauty, because they have like the beaks, which is one of her henchmen. It's like a weird little bird creature. The little we- I haven't watched Sleeping Beauty forever, but the little weirdos who show up in Breath by Sleep, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, I can. I can. You said beak, and I, I, I can, I can picture the armor. I had to remember what the duders look like, but yeah, 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 yeah. kind of. Yeah, like they had the that. same helmet too, so like I, I feel like that was a nod, and like I think they hold spears too, which is also the weapon they use in the movie. So you know, mm-hmm. but except they're like six feet tall, so yeah. <laughs> also of note in this area is the forbidden chest. <laughs> the forbidden chest. Let's yes. talk about this because I don't think I remember this chest. Yeah, and I'm not surprised because I don't think anyone knows about this chest except for mm. I don't know the like one percent of the one percent of the population who does. <laughs> so, uh, in the hall right before the heartless room, the like pretty cramped hallway, you're like surrounded like on both sides. There's like these little juttings outside the wall. And then on them are, like, these little perches that are just super unassuming. You wouldn't think anything of them. But you can grab onto those. (laughs) You can jump on a ledge and grab onto them. And then you can flippity-flip. And you can grab the ledge on top of that. And then when you jump up, there's a treasure chest on top of, like, the weird outcropping of the wall. Oh, yeah. I know know this treasure chest, actually. Yeah. (laughs) I always get confused. It's right in front of the, the emblem door, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I've always, I've always seen it, but every time I replay it, I always forget that you, there's no way to jump up there. You have to do the little ledge grabby, and then mm-hmm. just kind of, like, manually flip up to get it, yeah. Yeah, I definitely never saw it, especially because in the original Kingdom Hearts, you can't look up. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that was just a dirty trick on their part. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think it's just an AP up, but still, it's just insane, like... It took me 20 years to find this chest, basically. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot how I found it the first time, but I feel like I've noticed there. It was probably but, a uh, precious strategy guide. Maybe. <laughs> so we get to the lift stop, which is kind of like, it's kind of the bulk of the world, really. Which is kind of disappointing yeah. that like you have this awesome castle, but most of it is just this one really tall room that you don't really do anything in. So like... It's a cool visual for sure, but I do wish there was more like actual interior Hollow Bastion than just, I mean, really it's just the library, mm-hmm. the main hall, and then um, like the chapel and then the yeah. crest room or whatever. The grand which... crest. Yeah, grand crest. Yeah. Well, I shouldn't say big outside, but it's the other area you think of. Yeah. Which, you know, they're all cool in their own right, but like, it's just such a big imposing castle. Like you can just imagine there's so many rooms and twisting corridors to explore so eh, i guess the castle is kind of left in like serious disrepair too so yeah but that would make it more interesting to explore yeah it's definitely no more just big braining us uh, into just using lift stops but if if you wanted to dig deeper maybe they installed the lift stops because the castle is so in so much in disrepair now but oh yeah i definitely by that kind of like um like scaffolding like on a construction project yeah mm-hmm. so yeah after this it's pretty much 
uh, point A to point B. So, like, yeah, Hollow Bastion's a very front-loaded world where you just got to do a lot of, like, futzing around and, like, the first chunk of it to, like, you know, get what you need. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I put in our our notes that there's just a bunch of crystal switches. So, yep. And you can activate the switches when Heartless are around, so beat the crap out of everything. Yep. Uh, but switches and gravity chests are basically going to be your... I wouldn't even say staple, but they're going to be, like, the thing we interact with most up until we get to the chapel. Yeah, totally. Yeah, like, there'll be a few, like, alternate paths you can take, but nothing too far-reaching, except for <laughs> the annoying except part Except the where... library one! Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but also the, um, when you move the giant heartless logo to, like, two blocks, and then there's the door behind it, uh, when you go down to that, because to get... Again, I couldn't even tell you what the chest is, but it's it's a chest. But then, like, same, it's you jump down, too, right? so now you have to jump down again. Yeah. <laughs> so then you have to backtrack. Like that part's annoying. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, while we're making our way up the tower, why don't we talk about all the new heartless? He's. I think this is the biggest. Like, yeah, this is the biggest. Like, here you go, here you go, here you go. Like, it's. I think it's the. Most Hartleys have been introduced to in a single world. In terms, I guess, in terms of fodder, not not counting big bosses, because some of a few unique bosses. But yeah, yeah, totally. I think the first one you'll see is the Dark Ball, aka yep. Pac Man Heartless. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, we meet them during we meet them during the Wooden Sword Saga, because yeah. it's just you only fight shadows and Dark Balls until you get to the Defender blocking his uh yep. blocking his switch. They are pure blood Heartless. Uh, which means they're all about the shadows and darkness, and they also have the affinity to go invincible and then just kind of float around until they decide Another they want Another invincible enemy! Yay! Yeah. But then, when they pop up, they do, like, their flail attack, which can be, you know, hit mm. you pretty hard, so watch out for yeah. that. It's not like the... Most, most other, te- like, teleports or, like, invulnerable phases just end with, Here I am! They're actively yep. like, nom, 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 nom. Yeah. And yeah, they also have their muncha muncha attack where they like come flying at you with their little. <laughs> so watch out for that. But um, yeah, solid design. Um, Nice like end game design where like they look scary enough. Yeah. Their design's pretty middle of the road. Like it is just a, it is just Pac-Man with like two ears and like a little tail. Like they just have like those three tendrils, but it's uh, I like the texture to it. I don't think yeah, many characters totally. really have te- like you have to have a good texture if this design is going to be pretty simple. So I feel like the the yeah the dark ball texture really sells the the ferocity. Yeah. He needs some he needs some lotion. He's super re- he's super wrinkly. <laughs> it's like an avocado. They um <laughs> they're definitely dangerous in numbers. That's where mm-hmm. they really get you. Yeah, because you could have multiple. I think what they ha- they they'll thrash around. Like they'll use Thrash. They're all Gyarados. They'll yep. like they'll do the Pac-Man at you, and then they'll disappear. So, I would say there's not a whole lot of moves, but those three moves left unchecked will f you seven ways this Sunday. Yes. So, uh, next up is the Defender, the uh, big boy, big shield, mm-hmm. uh, which is yeah, pretty solid design. It's uh, big old knight, and then big old shield, the doggo head. Which is mm-hmm. weird, <laughs> and then like it like shoots magic as well. Yep. So like a lot, I, lot going on here. <laughs> yes. So I will 
I'll be uh, completely honest with everybody at home. The Defender is probably in my top three in terms of designs. I really like the Defender. Oh yeah, it's awesome. And like, I like how it has the weird little earthworm gem head. <laughs> yeah! Like, that's the coolest thing, is usually you see his shield most of the time, but if you, if instead of whacking him in the head, you, you take a quick profile shot, he's just kind of, his eyes are like, uh, he's got the, yeah, he's got the earthworm gem at the top. Uh, his <laughs> eyes are just like, Whereas the like the shield is, I mean that's meant to be the thing. The shield is very detailed and animated, but he's just got a little derpy little head with like spirals mm. for eyes. Yeah, it's just like it's like the opposite of skipping leg day. Although I think his legs are pretty scrawny too, but like you know the rest of his body yeah. is pretty huge, and then it's just this little string. Oh, a hundred percent. It's. Uh, <laughs> I was fighting some last night and. I was like, how this? I, it, it is very. It, it, I was thinking like it's a gorilla in a in a suit of armor, because he's got little <laughs> little spindly leggies, yeah. and he, ha- he usually has one hand holds the shield, the other hand is like literally used like a third yeah, leg. Totally. It's used for stability. <laughs> yeah, so they're good. And like I mentioned in the past, the bigger heartless are always fun to fight just because they're so chunky. Oh, and of course. Yeah, it's pretty tough opponents. Uh, so naturally, you want to get behind the shield to attack, but then they have their like spinny move where if you're not careful they'll get you from behind as well so oh yeah you need to be you need to be very careful but uh uh, speak of magic uh local magic boy here you can uh tech boat you can tech boost off of the shield if you counter it which is always nice uh you mean like counter it with a hit or counter it with like the opposing magic with yeah with the opposing magic Oh, I don't know if I've ever really tried that. <gasps> magic boy, how dare you! <laughs> I always just ignore the magic. I always just go straight for the back, but okay, I'll definitely try that next time. Yeah, if you if it goes for... It's easier when it goes for Blizzard, because the Blizzard is like a frost, frost yeah. breath attack, whereas the fire is more of like a slow homing, like, Faraga attack. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, if you, uh, if you counter it with the opposing magic, basically... When the eyes are lit up to the element, use the other element, and you'll get tech points. Because yep. I'm all about those sweet little tech points. All right, nice. After them, uh, we see the Wyvern, mm. which is our flying heartless of the world. And, yeah, they're just so deviously placed because they always ever show... Well, not always, but the first time you see them is when you're in... You're outside and you're like in danger of falling down. <laughs> they love so. to spawn in the open air where there's yeah. no platform. Like they're exactly. they're meant there to be. They're meant to tease you. They're meant to be part of. I mean, we we see air soldiers in this world too. They play a lot into the like the come over here, come over yeah. here. I want you to fall down. Strike raid is your friend with these guys for sure. <laughs> yeah, especially if there's multiple because if you kill one, you can just target another one. Mm-hmm, exactly. But, um, yeah, they're a good design. They're big, beefy dragons. They are wyverns, which means that they have wings for arms, and they only have two little leggies. Yep. And, yeah, it's just, they kind of look, like, almost, like, robotic in a way. Like, just, like, their design is very, like, sleek and, like, kind of mechanical-looking. Just, like, not, like, metal, but, like, like they have a kind of a square shape to them. Kind of, yeah, I can see that. Like, kind of like a missile, sort of. Yeah, I would say almost like almost like a drone. Yeah, yeah, and like and particularly like these weird little shoulder pads, I guess, where there's like mm-hmm. some um, there's like holes going through them. Like, yeah, it, it's kind of like armor, and it just kind of gives them like this like artificial feel. I guess is what I'm going for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, wyverns do have nothing but leg day. Those things are ooh, 
Yeah, daddy. Oof, party. <laughs> yeah. Also, another spoiler. Uh, this is another top three favorite design for me. I really like Ooh. the wyverns. They're a pain in the ass to fight because they're always over, over, over air, but this is another design that I'm just yeah. like, mm. I mean, all mm. of the Holobaster and Heartless are pretty solid. Um, I think so, yeah. Yeah, it definitely gives me Digimon vibes. <laughs> Agumon, Digimon to Wyvern! Wyvernmon. <laughs> um, so yeah, my my go-to for these guys uh, is definitely using Stop, which was super handy. So yeah, yeah I got a lot of mileage yep. out of both Stop and Gravera in this world. So those advanced magic are finally coming handy. So that's mm. good to see. But yeah, it's really, especially if you can get like two in one stop, like mm, good stuff where you don't have to worry about them flying around anymore. Just whack them and take them out and you're good to go. And then finally is the wizard. So Defender is mm. goofy as wizard is to Donald. And yep, they're probably the most annoying to fight. <laughs> I think this is really the most annoying character in the game for me uh, i despise I, I, it may not it may not be true but my my i have a burning hatred for the wizard uh, the wizard heartless i mean yeah they basically have every annoying heartless trope where they can go invincible and just disappear they can even without a spirit they can just float away from you and say ha 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 you snooze you lose because they can fly mm-hmm. and then they have their lightning attack where they're just invincible except for limits basically um and maybe like stop and grab her but like that's a big eight mps suck they're hard to hit that's for sure <laughs> yeah they absorb but they absorb fire blizzard and thunder yep and then gravity and stop have like a significant like a fraction against them so you basically want to hit them and they know that so they stay away from you and yeah. i despise it yeah they're you know they they like to uh camp out in the back row Mm-hmm. But their designs are pretty solid. I mean, that's a wizard if I ever saw one. I mean, yeah. Especially like their uh, the little popped collar look, they, or the Dracula collar thing they got going on. Good stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, definitely uh, a very imposing slate of Heartless for the final world, which is very appropriate. Well, semi-final world. Almost final world. Yeah. So good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. And well, oh, I was going to add that the... Wizard and the uh, and the defender have yep. a very low drop chance of dropping their weapons, but what weapons they are? Yeah. So if you feel the need to grind for that, just slap on some lucky strikes, and maybe you'll get some new duds for Don and Goofy, which is yeah, really cool that you know you can pick up the enemy's weapons. Another fun little collectible. Um, mm, but yeah, it's, it takes a while. Get, it does. I but I I have gotten. I don't think I've gotten one. I remember trying to grind for these weapons growing up. Like, I wanted to get all of Donald's weapons, all of Goofy's weapons. Yep. And this was the... I remember getting the wizard relic, but I never got the defender shield. I don't know if I got it again when uh, 1.5 came out. But I did end up snagging two defender shields mm-hmm. during this playthrough. And uh, oh, wow. if, if little me could see me now, because it's literally... Uh, I have to double check. It's a zero point two flat drop rate yeah, for these really small. weapons. About one in every five hundred defenders or wizards should drop this. <sighs> uh, so yeah, moving on up, we uh, we're pretty much almost to the top. Once you get to the top, 
I recommend going to first person and looking up at the ceiling because it's a very beautiful stained glass with the light shining through. And it's just like a really cool scene that like I'm sure most people haven't seen because like why would again, why would you look up? <laughs> but yeah, it's like this really awesome detail and very fitting for like, oh, OK, like we're at the top now. So Mwah. excellent setting design. But yeah, we've come to the chapel. Or at least at some point it'll be a cutscene with uh, Maleficent and Riku, who's had a had a bit of an upgrade thanks to a shady dark figure who definitely isn't trying to turn him evil for his own benefit. What are you talking about? <laughs> yes, okay. It's when it's when you do the emblem door that that final mix yeah. cutscene comes in where Riku's running away. No, that's just like, a regular cutscene. Is that if it's a voice cutscene, it appeared in the base game. <laughs> Okay. Because all the final mix ones are silent. No, oh, that's true, because I didn't re-record for English. Yep. <sighs> okay, but yeah, Riku, Riku uh, has an important encounter with a figure we haven't seen since the Destiny Islands. Yeah, what's this guy doing? This, this potato sack. <laughs> His living, haunting potato sack comes to mm-hmm. ruin your evening. So yeah, he, he got an upgrade again. Like, super cut of all the times Riku has accepted the darkness basically (laughs) but yeah he's in full form now and he's basically telling maleficent what to do and she just kind of goes with it because he's got a big shiny new dark keyblade Ooh! but um i love in that cutscene when she has her line of like i will use this final keyhole to rule all worlds and she does this like little hand motion that's like very diva And I just love how she just, like, puts on this little show for herself. Like, what, do you, do you think you're impressing, like, the Lord of All Darkness right next to you over here? Like, <laughs> t- turn it down if you're not just Maleficent. <laughs> yeah, that pretty much leads immediately into the boss fight yeah. slash the floating platform boss fight featuring Maleficent, as you so yep. delicately put it. <laughs> I think this is a pretty fun fight. At least this particular uh, playthrough. I had a lot of fun with it because... I was basically shuffling through all my summons, and she was definitely keeping me on their, my toes, their big meteor attack, and summon her yeah. defenders. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because most of the time you're going to fight her indirectly. Yeah. Until you knock her down, or you sometimes you can jump on the platform. Like, on yes. the, when the match started, I was on the platform for, I think, the first half of the fight. Yep. Like, yeah. I, I stayed there for a, a, a pretty good chunk of time. I was like, yeah. really? It's kind of like... The Jafar fight where, you know, she plays keep away, but it's not nearly as annoying because you can, yeah, you can ground her by, like, attacking the platform or using gravity on it. But then also, yeah, you can kind of just jump on it at certain times without having to go through all the rigmarole. So, you know, it's just more engaging. Exactly. And she will do the Jafar swat you with her staff to be like, go, get up up my rock, dude. Yeah, I'm like, damn, girl, like why you hit so hard but yeah it's a good fight just very atmospheric with like the darkness of the chapel and then ugh, once the meteors start going off you're like oh my god like what what is going on here i'm like literally fighting like satan (laughs) except not really that's later but and i love her battle quotes when she summons it's uh meteors of heaven unleash my fury I was about to say even in death, but she's not dead. Uh, Maleficent is extra. <laughs> yeah, no, she just really knows how to put on a show. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I cycle through pretty much all the summons. Again, Simba is no use. Although, well, he can't take out the defenders, but I mean, they're not really doing much. 
Um, Mm -hmm. I use Dumbo, and it's weird, because Dumbo's water spout would hit her sometimes, but then sometimes it wouldn't. So I wasn't sure if it's... Yeah, like, even... I guess her desperation move is the, um, when she keeps summoning the lightning storm. So, like, there are points where I could hit her while she was doing that, but then points where I couldn't. So yeah. I didn't know what was going on there. <laughs> but then I used Genie on her, which was pretty handy. Um, and yeah, I found out she's, she's pretty susceptible to stop magic, actually. So the way I finished her off was she was about to summon Meteor again, but I, like, kept stopping her before she could finish and just, you know, getting in more hits and then... That ended up yeah. taking her out finally. I was like, huh, wouldn't have guessed that. <laughs> okay. I'm do- I, out of curiosity, I started to double check her resistances because I feel like I've been doing that a lot recently. But very similar to, I think, a few, boss- a few monsters from Neverland and maybe even Halloween Town. In the original game, she... Uh, so most things are half. Gravity and stop are actually 0.2. So the she's... Hella not susceptible to stop, but apparently you got a good amount of lucky stops, so that's just a roll to die, baby. Look at you. Hmm. Um, she know. had a resistance to thunder in the original game, but then that resistance is gone in Final Mix. Interesting. So, yeah, you beat her, but, uh, <laughs> you fool. Did you really think this was her final form? So, we head straight on into the next fights, and Riku... Again, just totally calls the shots, and he's like, mm, you're a giant dragon now. And she's like, ooh, I am a giant dragon now. <laughs> Is that a Keyblade? <laughs> so, it's funny, this Keyblade never gets an official name like Kingdom Key, Jungle King, uh, right. Kingdom Key D. It's just referred to as the Keyblade of People's Hearts. Mm-hmm. So, a lot of people really like this Keyblade, like the look of it. But I just thought it was pretty boring. <laughs> I mean, I guess I understand it, but I guess I was surprised to find out, like, how many people are, like, really like this design. So, where, where where do you stand on it? I do enjoy the Kingblade of People's Hearts. <laughs> okay. I mean, I like it, but, like, yeah. I, I guess... think it's just... Well, I'll... go ahead. Go ahead. I'll jump in. I guess I just don't really care about the Keyblades you can't equip. <laughs> it's kind of what it boils down to. Like, well, it means nothing to me because I can't use it. So, like, sure, the design's cool, but, like, I can't do anything with it. So, <laughs> whatever. Also, I don't like how it has a key- how it doesn't have a keychain. Like, I like it. Like, it makes sense for the story. But, like, just aesthetically, like, it just looks incomplete to me. So, which, again, makes sense because it is an incomplete Keyblade, but story it's fine aesthetically i'm just kind of like eh. yeah i do like keep whatever okay. you say keyblade of heart is apparently the more official moniker mm-hmm. basically but key, but keyblade of heart keyblade of people's heart is basically what it's called and it's yeah it's it's weird so i mean if we find out literally we're going to talk about it in a bit but what king mickey is outdoing and that sora has a key keyblade of lights and this keyblade of heart is like a weird in between gray area type of deal. Yeah, let's not even get into that. <laughs> <laughs> it's basically a man made keyblade, sort of. Like it doesn't really like it wouldn't have existed without the princesses being captured and then Ansem pulling his shenanigans. Is how I'm gonna think about it <laughs> for my own sake. I mean, sanity. yeah, that's I think that's the perfect way to, to describe that. Uh, to make life shorter, I do like the key- I do like the Keyblade design. I think it's 
much different than Sora's Keyblades. I think that's why it's is like literally a twisted, warped version. Like mm-hmm. most of Sora's Keyblades, the teeth are like you know, it they're all. I mean, they're they they tend to be kind of sharp, but nothing's like I could stab a man and kill a man with this Keyblade. Yeah. Whereas they keep it a heart like yeah it looks a little gnarly (laughs) yeah like i could i could maybe get tetanus from this i don't i don't want to touch it yeah but i I also kind of do want to touch it (laughs) (laughs) well in any case he uses that their keyblade to unlock the deepest darkness of maleficent and i guess that's what she needed to turn into a dragon (laughs) like she can't just do that on her own apparently but yeah she turns into that big old dragon she's secretly a furry and yeah this fight still is intimidating to me because like again much like Riku like I feel like there's not really an optimal strategy aside from just keep healing <laughs> and like try to avoid the fire but yeah it's, it's yeah. definitely a good fight it's a real real set piece one huge area big old dragon lots of fire uh, your butts are burning mm-hmm. it's definitely gonna it's gonna send you to the hospital a few times yeah so I think this is probably the best use for Tinkerbell for sure, because mm-hmm. she just throws out hits constantly, and like the, the like fire move especially, like she covers up like forty percent of the arena and fire, and you're like, oh, okay, everything's on fire. Yeah, that fire move is. I forgot how bad it was, and I I thought it was like maybe a smaller portion, but no, like you know, forty to fifty percent of the arena is now inaccessible, and I'm just like, ah. Yeah, it's literally the this is fine meme. Mm-hmm. Hundred percent. So yeah, that that hits hard. But then also there's the homing fireballs, which, well, I avoided them this time. But usually my strategy is to hide behind the thorns like a little baby. <laughs> that seems to work. <laughs> I just bat. I tried to bash her face in. Uh, this is a fight. I haven't had to use arrow magic for like an entire fight all game. This mm-hmm. is a fight where the second arrow goes down, I need to reapply it. Yeah. Give it back. This is yeah, totally. this, this strikes fear in the heart of even the strongest man, woman, and also yeah. if you have strong children, maybe uh, maybe a strong child is also afraid of Dragon Maleficent. But no, she is. <sighs> the first thought is you want to avoid her attacks. You want to find a way to get to the head. But the minute you're right in front of her, she's like, "I want you to be in front of me." And she slap at a base because uh, she'll do shockwaves, Lily, as she keeps turning around. Move, bitch! Get out the Get way! Out the... <laughs> yeah, uh, totally. like yeah. it's cool because there's like you can approach it in a lot of different ways. You know, you can use summons, you can just tank it with arrow, you can use Tinkerbell, you can hide out on the vines, you can do more direct, and also, uh, hi, you can get on the dragon's back. What? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Since when? I never knew this until this playthrough. You oh 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 oh, buddy boy. Uh, yeah, you can get up on the dragon's back. Yeah, it was really hard because you can't just high jump. So like, you kind of just gotta glide from the thorns. Mm-hmm. Um, if you if you can, I mean, I won't mention this. The boss will get to eventually, but if in a very similar fashion, I think you can jump. You can find purchase like on the butt. Uh, see if if you, if you can get on that booty. You can get mm-hmm. up, but the easiest, the most, the surefire way is just glide onto her back, yeah. Yeah, so I was, I was hanging out on her back for a little bit, and 
I'd summoned Bambi, and luckily Bambi's a real one, and somehow he ended up on there with me, so <laughs> I was just spamming fire at her, and that took a pretty decent chunk. Um, okay. But then after that, I was using Strike Raid, which hit maybe like 75% of the time, so yeah, that, that was a nice way to kind of camp out. Like, her fireballs weren't reaching me, obviously the fire spewing attack, that won't do anything, but she does have her big old... Uh, uh, jump and twist move, which that will hurt you, so can't stay up there forever. Yeah, that, that might throw your ass clean Woo! off. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So the strike raid strategy is what I used uh, as a kid. I remember like reading it, either like in the strategy guide or like someone told me about it, and I definitely did do it this time. I wanted to see if I could just beat her without, without thinking about it. Uh, and it definitely was hard, but the surefire... I wouldn't say baby way, but just a surefire, I want this boss fight to be over, is stock up on your ethers, get on the hider's back, and just strike right to your heart's content. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, eventually, uh, through the might of Tinkerbell or whatever, you'll beat her. I always just really like this room, because it's one of... I think it might be the only room where you only... Well, aside from, like, Destiny Islands, obviously, but, like, you can only visit it this one time, but then another time, but it's okay. We won't talk about that till later. <laughs> but, like, after you leave, like, you can't come back. So, like, every mm-hmm. time I beat her, I always just, you know, take a moment to bask in the ambience and get a get a good look at the place. <laughs> you'll, be, you'll be back here for Final Mix, but you won't like it at all. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just a really cool room. Very imposing and good boss arena. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, after you beat her, uh, you get a new summon. Uh, I am Mushu. Hear me roar. Mosho! I uh, won't really get to use him uh, this go-round, but maybe next time we'll, we'll chitty-chat about him. Mm-hmm. But yeah, everything has led up to the Grand Crest Confrontation. But before that, we end up in the room with all the princesses, and it's just interesting to me how like the party just doesn't react to, you know, these princesses that they've been searching for the entire game, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I feel like we haven't been searching for them too much. Like, they're brought up, like, like sporadically. But it's never like, guys, the princesses is the main objective. Yeah, but Sora, like, from the get-go, you know, he's been wanting to find Alice. He made a promise to Aladdin that he'd find Jasmine. And then, especially Beast, like, he sees Belle and, like, nothing. (laughs) Like, you can have him in in your party and he'll be like... Just stand there like an NPC. <laughs> so, like, I feel like they could have had, like, some sort of... Like, it could have even been just a text-only cutscene. But just, like, something of, like, them reacting. Like, wait, is this... Oh, whoa, hi. Ah, it's her. And her. And her. Just something. Yeah. But, hey. Like, I think you could have had a voiced cutscene here. A hundred percent instead of, like, a text-based Yeah, one. totally. Because yeah, it's a big moment. But, yeah. After you take in the sights, you will make your way to uh, arguably the most difficult fight in the game. So it's time to talk about Riku Doo. So, <laughs> but wait a minute, is he still Riku? Uh, he is in fact not Riku. <laughs> just like uh, just like not Clayton. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't even want to belabor this cutscene because it's burned into all of our skulls. <laughs> but um. Yeah, don't Goofy get yeeted out. Riku is firing on all cylinders in terms of not being Riku. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, what is it? Uh, oh, 
Goofy tries to walk in, he gets he hits like a little barrier, which is yeah. adorable. And, uh, but then yeah, Donald gets gets uh, just thwacked. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> He's like, "How dare you!" And Riku's like, <laughs> "Not today." Yeah. Um, but we find out that Kyrie's inside Sora. What? Uh, that's what she said. Yeah. <laughs> and Riku is ready to free the final princess's heart to unlock the final keyhole. But he needs Sora's heart first. So once again, Sora ends up just kind of frozen in place and then collapsing to the ground because Riku magic. I guess the uh, uh, Recansom says like something to along the lines of the princess's heart is reacting. Yeah. It's just having a, a bad case of uh, acid reflux, I guess. <laughs> yeah. But Kyrie calls out into his heart, and then he he fights Fire! back, and we have that epic Keyblade clash. Although, mine wasn't epic, because I chose to use the Crab Claw for this fight. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I usually have Olympia equipped, and Olympia's oh, like absolutely. a chunky Keyblade. Yeah. I, and also, it's a, it's a perfect Keyblade for this fight in particular. I did not use Olympia. I used Kingdom Key just mm-hmm. to make it look cool. Yeah, because I'm used, a damn fool. I used Crab Crab Claw for the memes. <laughs> but yeah, Olympia's entire claim to fame is this fight, and specifically this cutscene where Sora uses it to block Riku's keychain or Keyblade. Mm. Like I feel like every time I see this cutscene, it's Olympia, <laughs> like in a YouTube video. Definitely, it's also well Neverland. The uh, being Neverland unlocks the Hurt Cup. This is the basically the prize for the Hurt Cup, and it's it is fantastic. Yeah. Enter fight. Yeah, I don't really know where to start with this one because it's another one where I'm just like I don't know what the ideal strategy is to this day. It's God. There's just so much, so we should I guess we should mention Riku or whatever I guess Riku Keyblade fight. Is like the, the easiest one to call this. He's just like all over the place. Yep. So we should mention he has like a default form. He will every so often go into a powered up state. Yeah, like when he's around half half health. Yeah, maybe like a third health, but like it, it won't activate until you've done some damage to him. Yeah, yeah. He'll, every so often he'll go into an enhanced state for a little while, where. <laughs> That's usually your time to defend most of the time. I feel like that was definitely that was definitely what I did this time. Also, I purposely hindered myself because I am an idiot. That was purely of my own volition. Yeah, I feel like well, first of all, uh, again, detail that I either just never noticed or just forgot about. Um, if you use any magic on him, so like fire, blizzard, stop, whatever, it'll proc this like unique counterattack where he like shoots like a little dark bullet at you, which is interesting. Uh, yeah, he'll do Dark Faraga if you try to cast any yeah. magic on him. He's like, no! Yeah, like, I just no. never bother with magic because I know it's not going to do anything, but, like, I, I tried mm-hmm. using Stop out of curiosity to see what it would do, and, yeah, he he hits back. So I was like, oh, cool. Yeah, Good to know. he's naturally, res- <laughs> uh, I guess, immune, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, they do absolutely no damage, and he's like, <laughs> you said fire? Mm-hmm. Again, similar to the first fight, I find that after he does his front flip is the best time to attack him, but even more so this time, like, he just throws out counterattacks, like, constantly. Like, there's really never a good window to hit him. Mm-hmm. So I, f- I feel like, I mean, similar to Cloud, it's a reason I love and hate the fight, 
is that the, the character isn't just I'ma hit you, I'ma hit you. There is there is there is an elegant dance of offense mm-hmm. and defense that happens. Totally. I will say this for right now, I I think at the start of Hollow Bastion, or maybe in Neverland, because I went the shield route, I got count the counterattack ability. Ah, uh-huh. I still don't have that. So but yeah, that's a good yeah. one. Mm-hmm. So basically, once I hit something and I get deflected, basically you're able to, after a block and a, or after a, a deflected hit, you can basically it, it doesn't really interrupt your combo. You'll go for like a little, almost like a like a little mini slap shot, and then you can string from there. So a mm-hmm. lot of this fight, because I was kind of pretty hindered, I just would block and then go in for counter attacks, and yep. that that was basically the fight for me in a nutshell when it came to most of the damage. Yeah, like, it feels like to, like, reliably hit him, like, yeah, you need a Keyblade like Olympia with, like, high recoil, where he hit you, you hit back. <laughs> exactly. And that's almost the beauty of Olympia, is that it's difficult to deflect, so you mm-hmm. can actually get through a few of his guards, or, you know, you're able to hit a guard and continue going forward. Yeah, Whereas, totally. <laughs> well, our options were, uh, <laughs> the opposite of that i go back and forth of like is this you know is this like a good challenge or is this just like a poorly designed fight maybe not poorly designed but like you know are these more flaws like is this intentional difficulty or just unbalanced basically (laughs) um Hmm. i meant to watch like a level one run of it just to see like you know how the quote-unquote experts handle this fight in particular because like yeah i just feel like there's no reliable way to keep getting hits in but i'm sure i'll be proven wrong because i'm a scrub (laughs) Mm -hmm. but yeah once he goes into his powered up form i'm sure you go gaga because it's tech points galore (laughs) yes he does like his like little mini strike raids at you and i'm like deflect 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 and then it's like crazy like where I don't I don't really know what was happening, but like I would deflect that and then you deflect his physical strike that comes after it, so you get two tech points in a row. So it's like mm. one hundred on top of one hundred, and it's like, oh my gosh, this is so satisfying. Pretty number EXP. everywhere. EXP. <laughs> yeah, I did get a pretty solid level up bonus though. I got MP up and then lucky strike, so hey, very perfect. fitting reward. But yeah, once he gets into his DM phase where he Goes invulnerable, then roulette wheels oh doom <laughs> around the arena. That's when it gets really annoying because I feel like he just spams that attack at that point, and you're like, okay, well, I literally can't hit you now, so I'll just wait over here in the corner. <laughs> yeah, dark aura is—it's a move. <laughs> it's a mood and a move. So I mean, the only—I mean, I guess I wouldn't say the only strategy. The only strategy I've ever done—I haven't seen a better one really—is to jump, to glide, and pick a god and pray. Yeah, like, it's not really... It doesn't really hit me often, because, yeah, like, I know, like, if you just glide into a corner, like, usually he won't hit you. And then even, like, the after effect with, like, the ripple aftershocks, like, usually those you can avoid pretty easily, but it's just mm-hmm. annoying because it just draws out the fight, and he can just kind of yeah, pop it, it off whenever. <laughs> yeah, I think that adds to the is this a good fight or not, because that's probably, exactly. like, a whole... 10 to 20 second sequence of just like, I'm going to dodge, I can't really do anything in retaliation. Mm -hmm. It feels like it kind of pads out the fight a little bit. Exactly. Uh, Yeah, it was, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say easy, but I wouldn't say easy only because this may be my childhood talking. Dark Aura 
immediately sends me into a panic. I mean, as as it should, but, but like, every time I feel like my spidey sense tingles mm-hmm. whenever it happens. Oh, totally. Yeah, like this fight still kind of throws me off to this day, where I'm like, uh, is, is he just gonna totally beat me up? Which he did. He he got me once, and then I mm-hmm. shook up some things, and then I went back. Uh, and got him second try. Same. I did the exact same thing because I was using Kingdom Key. Uh, my strategy for Dark Aura just jump, glide, and because so I guess for those coming here and might be like. I'm struggling with this fire. This fight is a pain in the booty. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially when it comes to Dark Aura. Well, I will say one thing I did for the boss fights that I haven't ever really done is to make sure the abilities you have are actually useful. So, like, going into this fight, especially because I handy, I guess we both did technically, or going in with handicaps, yeah. is to take, put literally put on, like, actually put on items you're going to use, even though you're going to use Cure most of the time. Yeah. Um, and abilities that matter. So, like, take off your jackpot, take off your lucky strikes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's really it. Just mind your distance. Yeah. You know, you gotta wait and listen. Yeah, you're good. Your your strike rates and your R's Arcanum, which we got last world actually, are really gonna benefit here yeah. when it comes to just dealing damage. I mean, you're gonna use your magic for cure and for arrow. Those are going to be pivotal. Yeah, I definitely tossed in a few strike raids. So yeah, mm-hmm. that's always helpful because you're invincible. So take that. Exactly, yeah. So yeah, once you beat him, uh, we're treated to a very pivotal cutscene. I might say one of the top ten scenes in the whole series where... I mean, yeah, just a lot happens. So <laughs> we get Sora's ultimate heroic sacrifice slash... Uh, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm ending my mortal coil. Good luck to Hanzo. See ya! <laughs> but yeah, we get the, uh, the simple and clean orchestrated serenade. The hearts are freed. They return to the princesses. Kyrie wakes up. Oh, it's all so beautiful. Sora, realizing his job is complete, begins to crumble into the darkness. Donald's upset. He's running. He just wants to save his friend. So does Kyrie too. And then she ruins everything by trying to hug Sora. And then he totally dissipates. And then his little light sparkles flow into the sky. And then Donald's like, well, great. Look what you've done. And he's like, I don't even know who you are. You're a talking duck. I just woke up. What's going on? (laughs) Yes, this cutscene has many ramifications that we'll get into later. But even just on an emotional level, uh, super good stuff. As far as I'm concerned, uh, Sora's character arc is complete at this moment. For he learns what it takes to really be a hero. I can see that, yeah. So yeah, again, we have another awkward trio here of Donald, Goofy, and Kyrie, And there's even Whoa. that part where, you know, after Sora floats into the ether, they're all, <laughs> they're all just standing there with their hands out, like, looking up, basically. And it's just kind of mm. like, well, now what? What are we gonna do? <laughs> but uh, they can't be standing there feeling sorry for themselves too long because, what's that? We got our big bad. It's Billy Zane. Yes, so we get our first proper appearance of Ansem, who's still up to no good, but, you know, he's he's feeling pretty good about himself. He's got his body, he's got his keyhole, he's got his main antagonist out of the way, you know, he's, he's having a good day. But, uh, wait, what's this? I, I, I can't. My body, it betrays me. Uh-huh. Light Riku shows up to sort of save the day. <laughs> uh, Riku... 
It's a very abrupt about face from... I mean, it's hard to pinpoint the sliding scale of when Riku is has his own faculties, basically. <laughs> I mean, yeah, last time we spoke to him, he was a real meanie pants. And now he's, like, quote-unquote, redeemed... And yeah, it's just very sudden and it comes out of nowhere. Like you wouldn't, you would need a scene of like remorse in between where he's like, what have I done? Like I gave up everything for this power and my friends, I betrayed them, my home, everything. And now he's using me for evil. Exactly. Yeah. I would say, I mean, literally Riku possessed Ansem is Ansem uh, at yep. the wheel. Yeah, totally. I always forget this, but Ansem... Seeker of Dark is what we see before him is just Riku's body yep. twisted in his form. And I Because <laughs> my first thought when I was a kid was, oh, like Riku well, I guess like he's literally piloted Riku's meat puppet at this point. Yep, one hundred percent. Yeah, like it's weird because like there are a few final mix cutscenes added to like explain mm. sort of where Riku's at but it's after this so I feel like they should have had something yeah it's it's hard to fit something in between because it's the cutscene immediately after you defeat him but just something mm. that shows like Riku is kind of coming to his senses as opposed to just immediately like no you won't use my body for this even though I've been letting you use my body for this for the past three hours exactly <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like something like oh like Kairi's in danger or you know wait Sora sacrificed himself anything so as i as i wrote in my notes here this is definitely more sasuke than zuko in terms of a uh, fulfilling redemption arc although i guess this isn't really his arc yeah it's it, it, it's definitely a part of it though yeah in terms of him like realizing that he's done wrong like it's very yeah it's not earned is what i would say this is this <laughs> yeah this is the kick in the ass that he needed and the, he's been literally on a downward spiral since we met him now this this is the part of the the graph where he starts to uh, work his way upwards. Yeah. So stay tuned for that. It's going to be a very long, painful, drawn out, arduous process. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, spoiler alert for how I feel about Riku's story. But there's no time for that. The Heartless are coming, didn't you know? Yeah. So let's see. KDG now. <laughs> uh, flee the scene. And then we get, yeah, a very special appearance from a Shadow Heartless. So this, this? was always a really fun segment for me as a kid. Because it's just like, whoa, you get to play as a Heartless? Cool! Mm-hmm. <laughs> Although really, that just means you can walk and jump. <laughs> <laughs> but, I have um, attack. There's, I do like the fact that, I mean, it, you we know who we are, but it is meant to be kind of like, yeah. We're not going to tell you until you get to where you need to go. So, like, the yeah. UI's gone. There's yeah, no like, you can't even pause. pause. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think you can pause, but it's, like, the def- it's regular just the basic pause. basic one. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, you can't go into, like, your inventory and stuff like that. Yep. Because you don't know who you are. I'm just saying I would have liked to at least been able to flatten my little body along the floor and then, you know, peek into some little hidey holes. But Yeah, whatever. like, maybe they're, <laughs> like, maybe, like, the way you can take the shadow can't take. I mean, so inevitably, yeah, it's just like jump off path. every. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is just jump off the cliff uh, to your demise until you get back to yep. <laughs> the, the palace gates. But 
uh, if they were like if if it was blocked off and like and so instead of having to literally retread your routes, there's mm-hmm. like oh, there's a lot of heartless blocking this way. I can't go this way. Let me take this weird alternate side path that yeah. only the shadow can take. And then like you know, you have to like sneak past other shadows, but like you're in disguise, so they just don't really pay attention to you. Yeah. But yeah, make your way back down. And it's always interesting to me, like when you're playing, that like you realize the scale of the Shadow Heartless. It's like, wow, they're actually like pretty big. Like they kind of yeah. come up to Sora's neck, basically. <laughs> well, if if they stand up, yeah. Yeah, like they're usually they're always over. like the little or little little hunchback boys. Most yeah. of the time, they're all. I, I guess they do kind of crawl a little bit, so mm-hmm. that makes makes some <laughs> sense. They usually like doubled over. I have questions about. Whether Sora should even have reappeared as a Shadow Heartless, but I think we should say that for later because it's a whole chestnut. Uh, that could, that, yeah, yeah that, I think weird. that could definitely be a, a, a feel like if we'll, we'll wrap up the game. I think that's a that's definitely a topic. Worth yeah, I, I think reading the Ansem reports will shed some light on it, so we'll, we'll mm. get into it then. So, yep, you're chasing down your old posse, like guys, it's me. Wait. And I love how Goofy's like, hurry up, Donald. There's a single shadow heartless following us. We're gonna die. <laughs> yeah, they're like in like the main hall. And you're like, Kyrie, you need to keep running, darling. There's heartless following us. And you're just like, hello, it is me, a single heartless. Hello, hello. <laughs> But they're they're like this like this is unbearable. We're gonna die here. <laughs> like they couldn't have thrown in like you know some like actual like wizards and defenders like dangerous heartless. <laughs> Just a bunch of shadows. Yeah, Sora is persistent, and then for some reason Donald doesn't just immediately ice him. He's like, confound it, get out of here, Heartless. Like, like he's some sort of stray dog, like, following them along the streets to, like, you know, yeah. get some food. <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> get out of here, you mangy animal. Sora, is that really you? I, I, I just I just want, like, the shadow Heartless, but, like, with ho- Sora's hair, like, poorly photoshopped <laughs> on top of it. <laughs> Sora, is that you? Speaks in Eldritch tongue. <laughs> but through the power of light and friendship, Kyrie is able to restore Sora to his form. Restore and... that Sora. Yeah. Uh, Beast has his, his last stand moment. Get out of here. I'll protect you from the level one enemies. <laughs> I'm prepared to make this sacrifice. Come with us. <laughs> no, <laughs> Bell? Bell's here? Squeeze me? So yeah, that's... That's pretty much it. It's an abrupt end, but we got to get out of Dodge because apparently the whole world's crumbling. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess for actual story reasons, because I, I had to remind myself today before we played it that when Sora impales himself, that he releases all of the princesses' hearts and the keyhole's finally complete. Mm-hmm. Bobbity bobbity boobity goosh. But yeah, you you haven't seen the last of us, Hollow Bastion. You win this round. We'll literally be right back. Yeah. After so, these commercial messages. Pretty much. <laughs> so yeah, the gang makes the way back into Traverse Town, but we will get into that next episode. We're gonna, <gasps> we're gonna wrap it here. Patool. Yeah, yeah, totally. So next week we will discuss Hollow Bastion Part Two to figure out how all this wraps up, so to speak. 
Um, and I think we'll also start getting into revisiting the other worlds because Hollow Bastion Second Vision isn't really that long. There's really not much new to say. <laughs> and we'll, we'll get into why. It's long. Yeah, about to say you're. Uh, it's long in the sense of having to literally retread all. Yeah. Of, not it's not all of the beats, but we have to make our way back to the top. Yeah. Um. But in terms of story content, it's eh, we have we have we have a few like little. Little moments we gotta hit on the way up, but other than that, it's mostly just combat. Yeah, so next episode, we'll definitely open it up more, talk about, you know, what's new in all the other worlds, and take a trip down memory lane, so it'll be a good time, but we are nearing the end, friends, so thank you so much for joining us on this journey so far. It's been filled with laughs and cries, and but uh, yeah, this has been Kingdom Hearts by Heart, so I'm Kevin. I'm Marshall when I want to be. And uh, yeah, we will see you next time for definitely not just the same episode we just recorded. This is totally a new episode. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> We're definitely not padding it out for content. What do you mean? <laughs> cough, cough. <laughs> uh, to, to, to the gummy shipping away. Bye. 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 Bye.